Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to episode 75 of All About Fitness. On this episode, I have a conversation with Len Kravitz. No, not the singer Len Kravitz, with Dr. Len Kravitz. He's the coordinator of the exercise science program at the University of New Mexico and and an associate professor of exercise science at the university. Dr. Kravitz is also well-known in the fitness industry for conducting a number of research reviews and publishing about all sorts of scientific information related to exercise with a specific emphasis on fat metabolism and energy expenditure, which basically means how to burn more calories during exercise. In our conversation today, Dr. Kravitz and I discuss some things you should know about fat metabolism and how you can take simple steps to burn more calories throughout the day. So after a brief word from the sponsor of All About Fitness, my conversation with Dr. Len Kravitz, Associate Professor of Exercise Science, University of New Mexico. Vicor Fitness is the maker of the new TerraCore, which is a step, bench, balance trainer, and multifaceted exercise tool combined into one single platform. Go to vicorefitness.com to see the newest piece of equipment that will be taking the fitness industry by storm in 2017. Use the code AAF to save 20% on purchasing a TerraCore of your own. TerraCore by Vicor Fitness. Vicor Fitness. Better results from better products. I'm Peter Paul with All About Fitness, and today I am with Dr. Len Kravitz. Dr. Kravitz, can you give us a little bit of background about what it is that you do? I'm an exercise scientist. I do research at the University of New Mexico. I'm very interested in energy expenditure and program design to burn calories and and effectively uh, manage weight and to hopefully promote weight loss. I'm also very involved in all types of education for our students in the exercise science program from the undergrad to doctoral level. And so I'm the coordinator of the department. And, and Dr. Kravis is one of these people who's been around the, the fitness industry for, uh, for a couple of years now, right? And he's mentored. I mean, the interesting thing, he's mentored and, and he's guided a lot of us along the way. Uh, what's, what's been the biggest change you've seen in the fitness industry over your career? The biggest change, without a doubt, is we're doing evidence-based programming. Initially, we truly trained in how we felt intuitively the body should be trained. But as we evolve, everything is really evidence-based, and those intuitive um, decisions we once made are sometimes supported or sometimes refuted, and it's exciting because the direction now is really in a fact-based, practical approach. And and so that's always a question that that I have is like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, is it that you see a trend out there in the industry that seems to be working and then you you decided to conduct a study to say, okay, why is it working? Or what do you think that people in the industry will read the research and say, hey, let's take a look at this and then apply it? I mean, what, what do you think is the more, what do you think happens more? Without a doubt, the practitioner is way ahead of the scientist. You know, I've seen this throughout my entire career because they're not afraid to explore, try new things. And then once something seems to be becoming popular, many scientists around the world will actually do an investigative research study. But without a doubt, the practitioner comes before the scientific investigation. And then what we've been seeing in our research is we're able to fine-tune some of the 
directions of the practitioner, especially like with HIT training, with the research we've done and many others around the world, we've really been able to expand the dimensions of HIT training for effective sports performance and weight loss. And, and that's going to come to my next question now. You know, one of the big things that everybody, one of the reasons why everybody wants to exercise is they want to lose weight. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about kind of fat metabolism. First of all, let's get an explanation, a better understanding of what, what is fat? What, what, when, we, when our body, when we have extra body fat, what, what's going on in our bodies? Well, fat is an important fuel substance that sustains our life. As many of you know, you, you're, you're in, empowered with enough fat to last probably a month, you know, as far as a, a, a substrate. However, fat is really an endocrine cell. We're learning so much. Each little fat cell, and everyone has, you know, probably about 60 billion of them, you know, has uh, an endocrine factory of functions going on. We're learning so much about fat on a daily basis. It's a regulatory endocrine system, you know, fat on our body. It serves, you know, to provide protection, you know, throughout the body. It serves to provide, you know, sustenance. It serves to be the insulation for nerves. It's very involved in all metabolic processes. And so we, we need fat. fat. Fat is a really great, great component of the, the human body. It's just that in the life we live today, which is a sedentary lifestyle, uh, our, our population, and this is not just the U.S., but throughout the world, we're just accumulating too much fat on the human body. So is part of the issue that comes in then, um, doctor, is that when we accumulate excess calories, you know, whatever we're eating through the day, whether in carbohydrates or fat sources, if we accumulate excess calories, does our body store that as fat? Yeah, that's 100% correct. And, and you know, there's a lot of people saying now too much sugar, sugar is the cause of fat, too much fat, fat's the cause. And, you know, you have the carbohydrate versus fat diet type of debates. But bottom line, it, it truly is thermodynamics when you look at it. If you expend less than you eat, you're going to put weight on. And we are a sedentary society. You know, we can do everything from our chair, and we're eating supersized meals on a daily basis. And th this imbalance has re really created an overweight, obese society. And so is, is it really, because a lot of your articles and a lot of the research that you stem on is different modalities of exercise that can help metabolize fat. What's, what is in, in what you've seen in the evidence that you've seen and what's the best way if I want to work on a fat loss program? Is it hit? Is it steady state? Or is it just overall consistency? Well, you know, that's probably one of the greatest questions. You know, as a researcher, you know, I always, you know, would, would tell the practitioner, define for the individual. If an individual really has very little time for exercise, you're going to want to do a little bit more high-intensity exercise throughout the week. Any practitioner is going to follow up and say, but not everybody can do high-intensity exercise. So then the, the answer is going to be, whatever they do, keep it very brisk. Because the brisker the movement, the more calories you burn, bar none. That, that's the name of the game. The best way to enhance metabolism is move fast throughout the day. If I were to have a person who really can mix up their workouts throughout the week, we know physiologically a combination of steady state, fast continuous, and HIT is really the best formula. So kind of an option, like alternating through, so like maybe one workout, you know, kind of alternating workouts being like a, a steady state, a hit, and just keep it moving. Now, what have you seen with uh, circuit weight training? Is circuit weight training, because I know that's been a popular thing, is strength training, uh, circuit strength training an effective way for, you know, fat metabolism? Uh, absolutely. You know, from our research, we, we think it's excellent. Plus, it, it gives you a musculoskeletal type of workout, which is phenomenal for numerous reasons for, you know, metabolism throughout the day. 
And then secondly, it burns, you know, a fair amount of calories. And some of these higher intensity programs are really, really impressive. So the combination of a musculoskeletal that provides a very, very good caloric output is really something that all practitioners are doing. And if they're, you're not doing it, begin doing it, please. And one thing that, that um, I want to ask and what I try to get people to think about is is basically our body consumes. We, we, we spend about five, five calories of energy to consume a liter of oxygen. Is that correct? Yeah, oh. correct. Okay, so anything that we can do throughout the day that's going to increase our oxygen consumption, whether it's standing, taking the stairs, is that moving in the right direction to being more active and burning more calories? Yeah, the, the greatest evolution of the fitness industry has been the last 15 years. We call it NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, but to your practitioner clients, it really is spontaneous physical activity. The more you move, the more calories you burn. And give you an example, from sitting to just walking three miles an hour, which what the human walks, that's a 300% up beat up count in calories 300 percent so without a doubt the greatest greatest evolution in the fitness industry is programs move more and the greatest theme out there right now from two new fabulous studies is for every 30 minutes get your three minutes of movement is that what it is for 30 minutes of sitting get up and move for three minutes yeah, and we've got research to document. We see better management of type 2 diabetes. We see lower insulin levels. We see lower indicators of cardiovascular disease. It appears that prolonged periods of sitting are very, very associated to cardiovascular disease. And I was just about to ask that because what are some of the, one of the things I've read about, about sitting too long is it lowers level of the enzyme that helps metabolize fat. Is that something that we should really pay attention to? Without a doubt, because what happens when you lower the enzyme that, that metabolizes fat, lipoprotein lipase, what happens is you have higher levels of triglycerides in the bloodstream. The body can't really handle that too well, and if sustained over a period of time, these higher levels of triglycerides end up as atherosclerotic plaque. So it is the perfect precursor for atherosclerotic plaque to cardiovascular disease for that person. So, because I think a lot of people, um, you know, generally I try to have a consumer, uh, a consumer audience, and I think a lot of people out there are, can be a little intimidated by going to a gym. So they don't necessarily need to join a health club to get the benefits of exercise. Just being more active around the house or their workplace, would that, would that kind of move them towards a healthier lifestyle? Well, without a doubt, my biggest approach right now is stay in motion. Move more, move more. Then, without a doubt, if you're enjoying it, begin an exercise program. And the goal with exercise is on most days of the week to get 30 minutes of somewhat hard. But the initial paradigm right now has changed. Just move more throughout your waking day. For every 30, get your three minutes of physical activity. That's excellent. And so kind of to, to finish looking at this, um, one of the things I wanted to ask is, is there, is there a risk of doing too much high-intensity exercise? And what do you think would be for somebody in their, their 40s or 50s, you know, who's relatively fit and active, do you think there's an optimal amount of like for HIIT training? You know, that's really one of the greatest questions that, that we have right now because in research, it's very hard to do injury-related type of, of research because no human research board wants to put anybody at risk. So all of the guidelines we have are speculative. Right now, most of the researchers around the world suggest no more than three high-intensity interval training workouts per week separated by 48 hours, which means you can do steady state in between. That's why I say don't throw away your steady state. Do the three-hit workouts throughout the week and intersperse some steady state with them, and you're going to burn more calories and actually improve your cardiovascular system perhaps even more effectively. 
All right. Well, doctor, I really, uh, what I'm going to do is you have a whole website um, with your university that has your articles, correct? Yeah, and, and they're open to the public. There's over 300 of them for anybody to read. So I will have a link below, uh, Dr. Kravitz, in the show notes. So if people want to learn a little, bit, a little bit more about fat metabolism, maybe a little bit more about how their body works, they can uh, they can look that up. Well, thank you for your time, doctor. It, it was fabulous to be with you this morning. I caught up with Dr. Kravitz at an event where we were both speaking, and we just had a quick conversation in a side room. So it was a little bit, there's a little background noise, and we had a only a limited amount of time um, to discuss uh, the topic of fat metabolism. But as you can see, or as you can hear, since you're listening to a podcast, as you can hear, Dr. Kravitz is very thoughtful. And that's one thing you'll always see with researchers. Researchers never really, somebody who really spends, you know, spends their time, really digs into the research, doesn't feel comfortable about giving an unequivocal you know, an, an unequivocal answer. They, they, they don't know. They, they can say, well, we see something or we've noticed this trend or we, we read this, you know, we, we saw this, op- we observed this result when we did this study, but they won't give you a definitive answer. That's one way that you can tell that it's an answer worth listening to. If somebody's dispensing fitness advice and say, you have to do this, pay it no mind. Don't pay any attention to it because they're just spouting off some, some nonsense or they're spouting off some marketing hype. And I mean that. You know, researcher will say, well, based on what we've seen, it may work for this, but everybody's going to have a different response. And that's the case. But hopefully you heard the main thing from that. One of the things I wanted to, to get across by speaking with Dr. Kravitz is that we don't have to just exercise. You know, I mean, we generally we tend to think of exercise as, okay, we have to do this activity. We have to go. We have to sweat. We have to do 30, 40, whatever, however many minutes. But in reality, folks, the more active you are throughout the day, the more calories you're going to burn. You know, it comes back to that concept of we burn five calories to consume one liter of oxygen. So any activity that you do that is going to consume more oxygen automatically becomes more energy expensive, meaning you're going to burn more calories. So if you have a chance, if you can work at a standing desk, well, you don't want to stand the whole day because there's some blood pooling issues, but that's a whole other conversation. But if you can work part of the day from a standing position, or if you can do simple little trips, you know, by walking or cycling, that adds up. That makes a difference. And look, if you can burn an extra two or 300 calories a day, you know, a pound of fat, theoretically, a pound of fat is worth about 3,500 calories. A pound of body fat, adipose tissue, or free fatty acids stored in the adipose tissue, will burn is worth approximately 3,500 calories. So if you can increase your caloric expenditure two to 300 calories a day, by just simply doing little things like walking across a parking lot, walking upstairs. I know that seems a little mundane, but it adds up. You know, an extra 300 calories a day in 10 days, or let's call it 12 days, should equivoc- you know, equal to a pound of fat if you're doing other things to pay attention to nutritional intake. Because activity is just one side of the equation. There's also energy intake equation. And I'm going to have a couple other experts talk about that in coming podcasts. But what I wanted to do is introduce you to the work of Dr. Len Kravitz so you can understand that there are people out there that are trying to synthesize the research and explain it how to use it. Plus, you know, Dr. Kravitz has mentored a number of people in the fitness industry. One of my recent guests, Chris Frankel, studied under Len at the University of New Mexico, and Chris is finishing up his PhD in the program. You know, a number of my other guests have worked with Len, have collaborated with Len on a, on a variety of different things. 
So what I'm going to have below down the show notes is, you know, Len is, is old school. We'll just say that. Len's old school. <laughs> I want you to go to his webpage and you'll see what I mean by old school. I'm going to have a, a link to, uh, to Dr. Kravitz's webpage at the University of New Mexico where he has all of his articles. Now, he writes his articles for fitness professionals. And if you're a fitness professional, well, it'll be relatively easy for you to understand. And even if you don't have a, a, an in-depth scientific background, Len is a really good writer and is very concise. And if you want to see different research, you know, I'm going to have his webpage up and you'll be able to see, you know, he has various reviews of different research studies. And it's very informative. So all I'm trying to do is give you one of the top experts. Len travels around internationally to speak at various conferences. That's one of the ways I've gotten to know him over the years. And it really is, you know, once upon a time, I would sit in the audience in his conferences and, you know, listen, you know, write down almost everything he had to say. And I read every article. I still read every article he publishes. He publishes an idea, which is an idea is a trade association of fitness professionals. And he publishes almost every single one of their magazines because he's good. He's reliable. He's consistent. He's evidence-based. That's the important thing. So I want to introduce Len to you so you could have a source for credible information. I want to put Len's, um, Len's blog, as it were, his link to his articles will be down in my show notes. So anytime you have a question about exercise science, you know, you want to find out what are the researchers saying, you know, Dr. Len Kravitz, exercise science, fitness, University of New Mexico, all those should be typed into a, uh, into a search bar and you will get some relevant, credible, evidence-based information. So with that, thanks for tuning in to this episode of All About Fitness. If you have any questions that you'd like me to cover, um, I'm now answering questions from listeners in my quick fit tips section. You can email me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. You can follow my Twitter on uh, my Twitter handle is at PMC underscore fitness. And my Instagram is Pete McCall underscore fitness. And I try to put relevant information out on both of them. Thanks for stopping by All About Fitness. And I look forward to having you tune in to future episodes. 